Hello and thank you for listening to an episode of 60 Minutes with no idea of the episode number because, like we said before, we're just recording so many at the moment. So, uh, yeah, let's carry on. Some things remain the same. I'm still Dave. I'm still Tom. And this is still the Decade of Decadence show, sponsored by Dean of the Dead, Hot Sauces. And Tom, a little bit of saucy talk to begin. Uh, a few things to, to say about Dean. First of all, thank you to everybody that entered the competition for the giveaway, uh, where you could choose three of your choice of Dean's uh, sauces. We had the winner uh, and informed them. Obviously, they were very excited to get their... Uh, sauce and, and be the winner now we said didn't we tom on the last show dean is like a lot of people stuck inside with what he does there's no exhibitions going on no you know comic cons this that and the other so we can't get out uh which is a shame especially because thank you especially to everybody that followed dean on twitter because we've said haven't we Tom, with dean you know he's been going um just over a year now over a year and he's been concentrating on instagram uh, on Facebook, he's got his YouTube channel, and he started Twitter, but then he sort of ditched it and concentrating on the others. Thanks to everybody that followed him, because when we mentioned it, he was on 60 followers on Twitter, and now, at time of recording, is on 359. Wow. Isn't, isn't that great? 300 increase, amazing. Yeah, 300 increase, that is so good. So thank you to everybody that has followed him. Uh, on Twitter. If you haven't followed him, the link in the podcast notes, give him a follow, say hi, say we sent you there. Um, and there's a lot to follow him for, not only for the hot sauces. Um, he's working on the chili jam. I saw a photograph that he put up of somebody with chili jam, Tom. No. Oh, I want it. I want it. We want this chili jam. We want this chili jam. Uh, following because on the competition we did say people that that followed dean um, as well as ourselves would get extra extra entries into the draw for a giveaway now dean's going to do another giveaway the next one he's going to do is not going to be for some of his hot sauces because he's got some new t-shirts on the go uh, from this month may he started the 13th of every month uh, he's having a new designed T-shirt. He's getting a different tattooist every month to design a T-shirt for him, releasing it on the 13th for people to buy. So please go to his website and have a look. Again, links in the podcast notes. And the the May T-shirt was designed by uh, a tattooist called Paul Naylor. So go and have a look because there is a competition, uh, a giveaway from Dean coming up in in the next few shows where you can win one of his t-shirts. So to make sure you don't miss out, follow him on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. And I know not everybody that listens to us is on Twitter, but if you can do that, it's, uh, yeah, let's get him up to 500, Tom. Let's get him up. That's the next target I want is to get Dean on yeah, 500 Twitter followers. Do that. I, think we can, I think that's doable, isn't it? Yeah, that'd be good. Absolutely. Well, remember the last episode where I think I'd got eight, eight is related things to chat about. And uh, I've got 10 this month. Expanded. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. In between each show, it's like, oh, I'll make a note of that. I need to talk about that with Tom. And then before you know it, here we are. And I've got 10 things to chat about with you. So um, before I go through some stuff, because there is there is quite a bit I want your opinion on. Um, 
what's what's happening at your end, mate? Anything, anything good happening? Anything eighties related happening or happened? Uh, I think eighties related. I don't think I'm just uh, doing my thing. You know, it's just same old stuff at the moment, isn't it? Um, I I have a new television. I bought a new TV. Oh, you did, didn't you? Go on, because this yeah, is I'm now in the land of 4K, uh, 49 inch 4K. Um, pretty much, well, apart from the 50 inches, is it's the only what it's as big as would look not like sensible in my room. I yeah. mean, I could fit a bigger television in my room, but you know where it looks starts to look weird. <laughs> so, uh, Fortnite, it is lovely. Um, obviously, not doing anything at the moment. Not doing my trips to London for Eve or movie stuff or what have you, gigs, anything like that. So obviously, uh, as well, working in retail still, you know, a lot of us, you know, who are working in retail and our lives have sort of been put on ice. I won't go into it too much, obviously, because we don't talk about that, but um, we have spare money. Hmm. So uh, it didn't really (laughs) take too long to save up for a new TV, (laughs) um, which I did. And uh, yeah, it's very nice. Um, So I had an old television and I know you liked this story, Dave. Oh, when you messaged me this story, I was I was in raptures, mate. I absolutely love it. Um, So uh, it was a 40 inch full HD TV. Nothing wrong with it. Well, it was like five or six years old. It was a bit, you know, it's it's had it's it was still working fine. But, you know, and it had a because I used to have two bookcases and it was right close to the edge of a, a corner was right close to the bookcases and it took a bit of a plastic off it at some point during my time with it so I'm like well I'm not going to charge a lot for this because well I'd not to be that guy but don't really need the money and I just want it gone you know just it's hmm. just taking up space so um put it on Facebook marketplace someone comes along and it's like immediately yeah I'll take it and um they said it was um uh, it's going to be for a CCTV system. They just asked how many HDMI ports said it was a CCTV system. It's like, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he came, he said, oh, it's going to an alpaca farm. So it's a... Uh, which I didn't know there was an alpaca farm nearby, but there is. And uh, it's going to be the security um, monitor at an alpaca farm. That I told you, didn't I, Mike? I said, I, I want to come back as your old television because then I would spend my life displaying loads of films a great selection of films and then when i think oh i'm getting near the end of my usable time i go and watch alpacas all day <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah i was just like, what a lovely second you know like you, you grow attached to you know things you've had a long time like your laptop on your tv and you know, your blu-ray player and what have you your gadgets you grow attached to them your phone and um you know you always want you know you just don't you don't want anyone, any old person to have it, do you? I mean, like, obviously you'll take the money, but um, it's nice to know its second life will be, you know, in an alpaca farm. Yeah, just displaying alpacas all day and all night, watching out for them, making sure the alpacas are safe. <laughs> that is great. What a lucky television that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I upgraded my phone as well. The uh, my old my old phone didn't quite have the same joy as my old television did, unfortunately. Um. Because I so I had a Samsung S8, which and like it was fine. The battery had to be charged from flat twice a day. It was getting to that point. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah. Um, had a bit of screen burn in it as well. But um, and I was just like, just on a whim, I was just I knew I could upgrade at any point because I've been sim only for ages. And I um, got a Google Pixel 3a, which is like a slight improvement, basically, hmm. which is all I want for the same price essentially. And um, it was just like, obviously, you take the SIM out of your old phone and put it in a new phone. 
you know, you've got you, you get given a little one, the little bit of metal, you stick in the hole and you pop it out. Yeah. Could not get that fucking sim out of VSA. Oh, no. We tried everything. We were like, right, I'll have to take the back off. So you do your thing, you heat it, you know, you warm it with your hair dryer so you can pull it off out to the cages. Most of last Friday afternoon was spent getting this, just taking it apart. And then when you finally got the back off, it's got tiny screwdrivers. And I've got a tiny Phillips screwdriver. It's not tiny enough. Took for a oh, front no. of it. It's in, like, I was just like, I wanted to keep the phone just as a backup. Now, not, no more. But yeah, like, we couldn't, couldn't do it. It was either order a set of tiny Phillips screwdrivers where there's no guarantee they'd be tiny enough. Or just order a new sim and I had to do the latter. And I literally had to sweep my phone off the floor in the background in bits. <laughs> Broken glass, bits of plastic. I was just like, oh, well, at least the TV had a nice second life. <laughs> Unlike your phone. Rest in peace, Samsung. I say you served me well over the last three years. Oh, well. Yeah, well, yeah you got three years out of it, I guess. It's fine. Yeah. But good phone. Very good. Very good. Liking that. But battery life, oh. Oh, well, you know when you get a new phone and you're just like, oh yeah, these things, these batteries last. So I know the Google batteries last longer anyway, but uh, yeah, top stuff. Like I'm, I'm charging it like day and a half. Bloody hell, that's good. Once, once every day and a half, and I use it a lot. So it's uh, yeah, really good, really good. Nice. Well, yeah, I've just got some bought some stuff. That's all I've been doing. Really, just like buying takeaways and yeah, you know, got some got some new commerce with my TV money. Got a fro. We exciting I told you about my exciting throw. Um yeah, no, I'm just I mean, I'm just like not doing much. Buying a lot of takeaways. I think if this is every every time I'm gonna actually put weight on, it's gonna be this. This'll be it. now. Because I'm buying a lot. <laughs> and here's me at the opposite end. I've lost uh oh yeah, over a stone now. Well, I think the weight in my hair is it'll probably uh, <laughs> put some pounds on, my god. It's getting that's getting crazy. But um, no, the other thing I've been looking at is just like there's a lot of good stuff coming out on Blu-ray the rest of this year. Like nothing seems to have ceased production on that. You know, that, mm-hmm. everything seems to be going forward with that all right. Like obviously we were getting in, um, was it October, the big Dawn of the Dead box set? Yeah, you can pre-order it from the 26th of May. Yeah, that's Tuesday and then, yeah, yeah that's at midday on Second Sight's website, which you'd have to pay straight up mm-hmm. or and then it's going on Amazon and the like, which is where I'll be getting it um, because you don't have to pay straight up. <laughs> um, <laughs> on, but like, you're looking at about 100 quid at least for that, aren't you? I don't know, it's going to be a lot because it is, as you know, it's my favourite film so mm. um I said to Tina, I said, I just, I've got to get, get it. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, it's similar with her with Blade Runner. You know, she's got mm. every version of Blade Runner. That's her favorite film. And she knows me and Dawn of the Dead. So I'm going to have to pre-order yeah. the 4K. I mean, it's, it's got so much on it. New stuff as well. And yeah, come on, it's Dawn of the Dead. It's got to be done. Yeah. Can't wait. Not wait. But like 88 film today, they're doing, God, Avenging Force, Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> I could have a couple of, like, obviously, Piranha 2. They've just announced all that today. Oh, wow. 101 Films just announced New Kid, the New Kids, which I bought the American Blu-ray of last year, which is a really good film. Um, that's a really recommend. But, but like, I like there's this Flash Gordon box set that's coming out, which has got the Life After Flash documentary on it, oh. uh, amongst other stuff. already pre-ordered that. Gamera doing the Gamera box set. It's just like... There's a lot of good stuff tailored to us coming out at the moment, so we, we may all be thing. inside. Yeah, 
We're going to have stuff to watch. <laughs> Which is always good. Well, there's one I messaged you about it the other day. My review for it went on the website today. Oh. Um, so, of course, everybody go to the website and read it. I will give you a little bit about it. White Fire, 1984. I'd never yes. seen it before, mate. I'd never seen no, I've it. I've never heard of it. No, and it's like, where did this come from? So yeah, I stopped reading your review where it told me to stop reading your review because I was like, now nah, I'm gonna. <laughs> All I, the main thing I know is two things: Fred Hammer Williamson's in it, and there's a lot of incest. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need? I can hear yeah. people clicking by right now just from yeah. that. <laughs> the other listeners just halved in, and it's not about Fred. So <laughs> no, I this God, this is a very on-brand thing for me to do. I cancelled my pre oh god this will this will get rid of another lot of people i cancelled my pre-order of the blu-ray parasite <laughs> to, order white, to order white fire i get paid three <laughs> days after parasite comes out I'll, I'll, i will order it then but uh that is <laughs> oh i like your style tom i mean i've seen parasite twice since december both times in the cinema i wasn't going to be watching it immediately again yeah so white oh, fire the day it comes, I believe it's out this coming Monday, so I'll be getting up. It know, is, yeah, the 25th. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can't wait. It's like I said, it, I mean, I'll begin the review. I'll just, I'm going to list like I did in the, in the review. I'm just going to say film names, okay? Uh, and you'll know these, obviously, Tom. So, Samurai Cop, Shotgun, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, Jim Carter, The Man from Hong Kong, Miami Connection, Strike of the Panther, Day of the Panther. If those films mean anything to you, you're listening and they mean anything to you, just go and buy White Fire now. Just trust me on this, because if you enjoy those films that I've just said, you will enjoy White Fire. Uh, like Tom said, Fred Williamson's in it. Robert Ginty's in it. The Exterminator. Yes, um, yes there is incest in it. <laughs> I will go no further with that. My jaw hit the floor. I was like, did Robert Ginty really say that? Oh, yes, he did to his sister. Oh, wow. Uh, I can't. I can't wait. I can't the, wait. We, we always look for the next one, don't oh, we? It's here, it mate. We didn't have to wait too long. It's here. It, and again, I'm not going to spoil it for you or anything because I do want you to to have the same experience I had watching it, Tom, for that very first time. <laughs> Sorry, but the about. film begins. The film begins with a fire stunt, where again I had to just rewind it a bit and go, "That went a bit wrong," but they've left it in the film. Excellent. Much like in The Man from Hong Kong, there's a fight and a guy ends up in a fire and they just left it in. But there's another... It's not a fire stunt. It's an explosion towards the end of the film. It's an 80s film and we've always said, you know, big explosions, bit too much fire and everything in them. And there's an explosion and you see it, Tom, and it's... That guy shouldn't be in the middle of all that fire, should he? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. You know what uh, a great man once said about these sort of films? Good for picture, good for sound. Oh, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> you know, and, and when it... A theme tune that you'll not get out of your head as well. Yes. Always a good sign. Um, I'm going to say no more. If people want to know no, more... No, that was you tantalised. Yeah. Theater. If people do want to know more, reviews on the website. There is a search function on there. Just type in uh, White Fire. Uh, but like I said, if you if you've got any interest in those films that I said before, just order it and mm. then just thank me later because it's worth every penny. I love that you cancelled <laughs> Parasite for now. I mean, <laughs> I will. I, like Parasite will be in the collection like a week oh, later. Of course, yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's I've seen that twice White and Fire. seen Masters of December, so White Fire I've never seen, and it's like very much my bag. So yeah, yeah, I can't wait to uh, to hear what you think of that. Yes, I'm looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, so, uh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, in the previous show that we did as well last month, mate, you told everybody about Josh Gad and the Goonies. You know the the get together that he did on his on just on YouTube, isn't it? Yes. Have you seen the latest one that he's done? Yes, yes, I have. Uh, yeah, really good, really good one. Back, back um, to the future. Back to the future. Oh, and it's got everybody in it. It's even got like Bob Gale, the writer. It's got Robert Zemeckis, director. Huey Lewis. It's like, what the fuck? I couldn't believe yeah. it. All these I names kept appearing. What, I can't wait to see what he's going to do next, Josh Gad, for which film he's going to pick next, regardless of a decade. Yeah, I wonder what it's going to be. They've been really interesting. They even uh, run through some lines from the movie. Yeah. Stories from it, and it's yeah. Again, you're listening to this show. You've obviously got some sort of interest in the eighties. A man, like, and when Michael J. Fox did his lines, you could just close your eyes, and you were back there, and it was uh, that was <laughs> great. Yeah, it was really and, good. And, and Josh Gad, like I know he, like I know him as much as we're going to probably bring him up later. Actually, um, he is the reindeer in Frozen, voice of that, and you know, uh, yeah, yeah, and he does like other stuff, but like. He, you could see him just like absolutely like that geek that level of geeking out wasn't a wasn't a put on. Hmm. It was genuine excitement. Yeah. That was. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to say a name here. I'm not going to elaborate too much on it because this is something I'm going to be talking about in the April slash May entertainment show. But if you look on YouTube uh, and you look on Instagram, and you search for somebody called Weird Paul. Give him a subscription again. You're listening to us. You need some interest in the eighties. Uh, subscribe. Trust me. When you'll be watching it, and you'll be going, "Why the fuck have you told me to subscribe to him?" Um, listen to the entertainment show. Um, but trust me, it's eighties related, and there's there's more to him and his YouTube and Instagram than you will first think. He's a little uh, discovery that I found, even though he's been going since uh, mid-80s, 84, I think. So, yeah. Weird Paul. Remember that name. Okay. Uh, one name that we're very familiar with, mate, uh, Uncle Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman. Ah, yeah. oh, yes. I was, well, I was searching through the bowels of Amazon Prime, ready for my first-time watch pick for the next show. Christ. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I found something called Dinner with Lloyd. And okay. I thought that that'll be interesting. I'll watch that, you know, Uncle Lloyd's on it and it's a you know, it seemed to be I think it was like about an hour or something like that. A little look at his life following him around. Yeah, that'll be nice, I'll sit and watch that. Oh my god. You know some of the Amazon stuff, it's a bit hit and miss to the quality. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah, put it more mildly, yeah. Yeah, I have never seen anything so bad quality on Amazon than I have with Dinner with Lloyd. It looked awful. If people can remember back in the early days of the internet and you would watch something on Real Player that had taken oh you my God. an hour to download and the, the pixels were like an inch square. It was like that. It was awful. Absolutely. I couldn't watch it. I really couldn't watch it. It was like, oh, come on, Amazon, just, you know have a little bit of quality control not necessarily you know over the films but the picture quality at least 
because I was so disappointed that I couldn't watch it. Yeah, if, if you get the chance, Tom, just out of interest, just putting dinner with Lloyd into Amazon and have a look at how shite the quality of it is. Amazon, get your arse in gear. There is some... The stuff that's on there and the quality of it, like what... Like sometimes I just... I don't, I don't, I don't understand why it's, what these things are on there. I don't, I don't understand like who picks them and like how... how it even ends up in there and how it like... I wanted to watch, um, was it, what's the Christian Slater skateboard one? Gleaming the Cube? Oh, that sounds familiar, yeah. yeah. I think that's the name of it. Or Cubing the Gleam, something. Um, <laughs> and, like, I just had to stop watching it because the lip sync was out. Oh. And it wasn't And it wasn't my side. It was just like, it was. they just put up something and the lip sync was out. And it's like, it's weird. I just like Netflix, you know, you know why they've, you know, you know why they put the stuff up, and you know a lot of it. But Prime, and it obviously we love the fact that you know the stuff that's on there, mm-hmm. you know. But, but yeah, it's weird, like how it ends up there and, the, and their source material and stuff. Yeah, it is. They they do need some sort of more rigorous quality control going on. There was um, I mean, because I, I love. I would watch that Boogaloo Shrimp documentary before. I went. <laughs> I love 1930s horror films, and I forget the title of one. I found one that I'd never seen before on there, so I thought, oh, yeah, this will be good. Cup of tea, put my feet up, sit and watch it. Oh, it was, again, terrible quality mm. to the point. And it, but this wasn't, whereas the Dinner with Lloyd is just so badly pixelated, this was just like you were watching it through um, some sort of gauze or something. It was terrible. Again, one I couldn't watch. Like tenth gen VHS rip. Yeah, all it needed. Some of them are definitely VHS rips. Yeah, they are. Yeah, which is just like like to have a company who distribute. Obviously, like in a lot of the cases, the company that distributed them probably don't exist anymore. But mm-hmm. like, it's like, do the rights owners know this is on Prime? Because obviously, there was that whole thing last year on Prime when um, one cut of the dead ended up on Prime for like a week, and I was just like, oh, cool, one cut of the dead's on Prime, and. I watched it and like I was like, well, no, it's all you know, like camcorder, you know, hand, you know, mm. cam yeah. stuff, you know, like um, that sort of thing, you know, uh, like real like, like docu fake documentary thing and stuff. And I was, yeah, that's a little weird. And then like the subtitles were a bit weird as well. I was like, well, that's odd. And then like found out it was literally a, um, it was a pirate copy and it ended up on Prime. <laughs> Yeah, bizarre, bizarre. Literally a pirate. I mean, they took it down, and like the because the distributor, the company that was putting them out in the UK, obviously were not pleased because like hundreds and hundreds of people would have watched it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, crazy. Oh dear, yeah, they they do need to do something. Like you said, it's good that they do have the more obscure stuff on there. Uh, but yeah, just give it a run through first and do some quality control on picture and sound and stuff. Yeah, yeah it would be good. Um, podcast mascot Bodhi has gone back to the 80s. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, go to our Instagram. Lots of pictures of him on there. He is our little Lassa Apso, who was due. And now Lassa Apso is for anybody that doesn't know, if you're familiar with the Magic Roundabout, um, Dougal. He's he's one of them. So if he doesn't have his hair cut, his hair goes to the floor, and it grows really quickly. So we have his hair cut about every six weeks, 
and he was due for his haircut just as the lockdown started. And here in Wales, we're in week nine of the lockdown now. Uh, so he's at three and a half, four months um, without a haircut. And uh, yeah, he had some problems last year, some bottom problems. <laughs> Uh, We've end- all been there. We have, haven't we? And he Many up- more takeaways, and I'll, yeah. <laughs> and you will be having the same. Will you end up with the cone of shame like he did, though, last year? Wearing oh, one of those. No, so you, can- so you can't lick your own genitals. Will you be doing I had a, that? I had, a, I had a spicy pizza from a place in Norwich, and like the next day I thought, oh man, it's, I've got to wear something in shame after what dropped out of me. Jesus. Pictures not of that on our Instagram. <laughs> I mean, unless I manage to, uh, unless I log in, of course. That's it, yeah. <laughs> if yeah, I find a new friend. Yeah, it'll be on the story, it'll be the Instagram story. <laughs> uh, so he was getting again because the hair around his bum was growing and stuff was sticking. And of course, we give him, a, you know, we give him a shower and clean him. One place he can't go with him uh, is, is around his bum. Can't wash his bum. You know, we get the the shower on it and give it a good hosing down, but you can't rub shampoo on. He just will not have it at all. Uh, so he was getting starting with problems again. And, of course, all the dog groomers are shut, and we've tried doing it. I just can't do it. Um, so we got a, an appointment at the vet's, and the vet said, okay, bring him. You know, we'll do the social distancing thing to hand him over, and it was like 20 quid, and we'll cut his bum hair and all of this. Uh, and we said, can well, can you do, like, his fringe? Because... Just last week, I took him for a walk down the road and he walked into a bin because he can't see where he's going. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we took him to the vets the other day and they cut his bum hair and he's, you know, he can poo fine. He's good. Uh, but they don't, they just had to hack away as best they could because the hair was growing down on its fringe, but also the hair from like, you know, his, his nose, his snout was growing up and over his eyes. So we really could not see. So they've cut him as best as he could. He looks like he has got. Think of one of the worst um, down South America hillbilly backstreet mullets that you could think of. Yes. He looks like he he's like, he is business at the front, party at the back. But the front is all, it's like all hacked and bits sticking out. <laughs> he does look like, I don't know, like he's like from some weird Alabama horror movie. So, yeah, he's, he's rocking an awesome 80s mullet, mate. It's good. Yes. I he loves it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you should see him strutting around in front of the lady dogs. Yeah, look at me, bitch, with my mullet. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I mean, if, you know, like, I don't think it's this is all going to go on that long, but, like, I'm not shaving my hair, but, you know, if it goes long... That was what form it would end up. I would want it to take is the mullet. I mean, obviously, I'd have. To, I would then have to do something to it to uh, make that happen. But mm. yeah, why not go? For, I think yeah, people doing all these home haircuts and everything. Yeah, forget shaving it. You know, just hack at the sides and and the front and leave the back and just have a mullet. Do that. Yeah, lockdown mullet. That's the way, that's the way to do it. <laughs> uh, big eight is related news, mate. Video game Predator Hunting Grounds. Mm. Arnie is coming into it as Dutch, but he's coming into it as like Dutch now. They've scanned yes. Arnie, how he looks now. He's voiced the character. Uh, and this is a game that I've not really got much interested in. I'm not interested in sort of shooty games anymore. Mm. Uh, but the fact that they're doing this, I think it's bloody great. I mean, 
the game exists already, doesn't it? Yes, like, it does. Yeah, my housemate, my gaming housemate said it isn't very good. But mm. uh, I mean, if you inject actual Ardy playing the character, you know, there's that's going to be add. some, you know, yeah. it's going to be worth a worth a little play on if you've got it, you know. Yeah, download Dutch. I don't know if it's going to be like paid download content or not. Probably is, but maybe not. But I would have thought. I would have imagined it would be. Yeah. But to play yeah. as him now and him voicing it, I, yeah, think I mean, it's close. You want to get to a, you know, any kind of sequel or follow up to Dutch. Yeah, because it was rumored for a while, wasn't it? There was different scripts out there where he was making a return to the character, but yeah, like Conan, it's a sort of character that it's one of a few characters left he can play. Mm. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You never know. Never say never. Uh, ooh, let's move on to Sylvester Stallone. Of course. What a segue from Arnie to Sly. Of course we do that. Uh, Demolition Man sequel. Been rumoured by Stallone himself on his Instagram. Saying that there's a script out there. Not many details are out there. Um, but Demolition Man 2? I, I don't know if the cinema going public now these days would be rushing to go and see it. They'd need someone else in it, like, wouldn't they? Younger. Mm. I mean, just look like, as we've said, in you know, unfortunately, no one goes to see films because, you know, obviously we do, but <laughs> as a whole, the public don't go and see films because Arnie and Sloan and... You know, all our favourites are in them anymore. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. You know, every like, you know, it's been, you know, like, apart from Creed, that's, you know, that's what they sort of need. They need to Creed it and, yeah. you know, have younger cast, you know, and Wesley Snipes and Stallone can be the side characters. So that's the thing. That's the only way around it with these sort of things now. Yeah, but I'm be interested to see where it goes, just to, you know. Uh, because of who it is. One that's obviously is going to be a lot more popular is, well, a couple of things. Um, Sly's going to be back in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is due for release at the moment in August 2021. And, um, yeah, as well as reappearing in Axe, of course, he was, he was in number two, there's going to be a Disney Plus uh, TV series. Starring him and his gang from within that universe. Oh wow, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah. So um... because that was Michelle Yeoh. Um, oh, there was a, there was a few. They're all names, weren't they? Was it? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, no, yeah. it wasn't Forrest Whitaker. He was in Black Panther. It was and the voice of Miley Cyrus as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's him and his band of. Uh... Ravagers, they were called, weren't they? Yeah, they yeah. were the um, in the comic books. Again, this is my housemate who told me he's a fucking nerd, <laughs> like I'm not. Um, they were the original Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic books, so yeah. So this yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah so after that, after that Disney Plus series, um, not many details online from what I've read so far. It's looking like the events of the series are going to take place after what happens in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Cool. So, Guardians well, of the Galaxy 3. I'd rather he be doing Guardians, you know, hmm. I'd rather he be doing stuff like keep his profile high, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and Disney Plus shows, and like Escape Plan 4. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
something something he is doing tonight as we record i can't uh, believe you like what time is this happening because it's midnight our time <laughs> you'll be on there then it's uh if people go well obviously by the time this is out it would have happened but i'm sure it will be online somewhere because yeah. that's what happens these days isn't it so it will be available to watch somewhere uh but from midnight tonight live on the mgm facebook page they are showing rocky the original rocky and sly's gonna be on screen and commenting on the film all the way through come on can that happen like every week please can we go through all of his films <laughs> that's such a good thing to do wouldn't surprise me now i don't know i don't know if you, you know any better tom if this has happened before any other studios done it with films and done this kind of thing but i think this could start a few people doing this especially some of the the older actors and the older films what do you reckon well, yeah it's kind of sort of started already with live like there was a um a Halloween watch along, wasn't there, uh, at the start of a week? Mm. The, re- the, um, the yeah, reboot of 2018. Halloween 2018? 2019? I can't remember. 2018 Halloween, which had John Carpenter was tweeting along, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jason Bloom, um, Nick Castle, the guy who played for Jason, the new Jason, Jason Michael Myers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, having Stallone video live watch along, yeah, no, these are, you know, the way it's going at the moment which is really mm. good even more even more info on the uh because i know like commentaries exist like audio commentaries but you know like have your laptop sat there yeah. with stuff. Yeah. And, and if he's answering questions as well you know yeah. as well as putting comments up and and whatever that I'd... you're watching it the same time he's watching it it's just a yeah. cool cool feeling so yeah. yeah that'd be good but like i say it's you know obviously nobody listening to this will be able to watch it as it happens but Search online. If you didn't know about it, search online. It will be there somewhere. Dave will be up till 2am tonight. That'll be in, yeah. Well, 3am with the furious masturbating. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he looked at me. He answered a question from me again. Uh, right, Monopoly events. Everybody's heard both of us talk about Monopoly events, Tom. Um, we've been to some of their events as well they do so much across the uk for the love of horror for the love of sci-fi so on and so forth um go to the web page follow them on twitter again kind of a weird time because the stuff that was planned has been cancelled so waiting on new dates to come in i think provisionally there's a for the love of horror supposed to be happening in october in manchester yeah Mm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens closer to. Um, but for the events that have already happened, if you go to the Monopoly Events YouTube channel, uh, one of the many things that they've got on there, and me and Tina watched about half of it the other day, and we were there, mate, um, for the, for this particular um, for the love of horror. It was the Lost Boys when we went, and it was the you know we saw Tim Capello and so on. They've yeah, got yeah. the the Lost Boys full panel Q&A on their nice. YouTube channel. Yeah, it's uh, 48 minutes long. It's got loads of people from The Lost Boys on it. Well worth watching. And of course, it's got Tim Capello's performance that we saw. Um, yeah, go and go and have a look at that. But just for that Lost Boys full panel Q&A alone, put your feet up for, you know, 48 minutes and sit back and listen to some good stories of them. Uh, of what happened in that 80s summer when they made that great vampire film. It was, uh, it was good, mate. Yeah. Excellent. Mm, worth, fo- worth following on 
uh, YouTube and worth going to their events. And at their events as well, Dean of the Dead goes to them so you can get to meet Dean as well. Um, Perfect. Mm. Now I've got one more thing left uh, and it's a very special thing. Have you, and you know what it is, mate. Have you got anything before we move on to uh, onto this bit before we take a uh, Yeah, I've got a couple more bits. I was just trying to, uh, I, I lost count of over 10. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, two more things. Um, so I've started, I've started doing a Hellraiser watch along. Mm. And, well, controversial opinion, I don't know, but oh, I don't like Hellraiser films. <laughs> but I've got up to five or, no, I've watched five of them now, and I don't think we're at the point, except for Hellworld, which will be a classic because of, of a certain performance. I don't think they're going to get any better. <laughs> And um, so basically, um, my friend from Eve Crew, um, who I shall refer to in their wrestling name, mm-hmm. Bo Bells, so you can follow them on social media, um, she had been watching the Hellraiser film, so she was a couple ahead of me, and I was just like, yeah, let's. They're on the Arrow Video channel on Prime, and I was just like, which I subscribed to, and I'm just like, yeah. Okay, the first three were. I won't go into about how I get the others. Um, so- <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. And I just watched one. I'm just like, oh, this is like, I like melodramatic, as you would imagine, with the sort of films we talk about. But this, I think it was, it was English, and it was that soap opera melodrama feel to it, which really, I tell, well, didn't get on with. I mean, the like obviously the gore and the Cenobites and Pinhead, things picked up. When they were on screen, and then it sort of, sort of that sort of fed into two, which was a bit sillier, felt a bit looser. Um, but again, I was just like, oh man. So, but then we got to three, which I did like. I will, there was the exception to rule number three, because it goes American and it's like peak nineties grunge. Um, Armored Saint are in it, like very silly American horror, which is, I guess, more my sort of thing. But then obviously we're getting into the sequels after that. And you can tell that fourth one's already in space. <laughs> it took Jason early. ten films to get to space, and like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it feels. Like, and obviously, it's a case, but most of these sequels just feel like other horror films, or God, just other films of Cenobites shoehorned mm-hmm. in, yeah, and not much. Like some of them are just like, like one of them was just like Doug Bradley was in it for two scenes. It's just like, man, you know, you want when you want to want, yeah, want to like something. And it's just a bit of a letdown. Sorry, Dave. I know. I know. Replacing your heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what it was though was because Hellraiser was was about Julia, and then because of the strong presence of Pin, everybody just picked up on Pinhead because it was such a, yeah. a striking character and and blew people away at the time and was like, wow. So they put a little bit more of him in, in two and people clicked onto him even more and he became the face of what would become a franchise and you know, even on the posters and everything. So it went away from Julia and being about desire and you know and, and all of that, passions and, and you know, all all the internal human stuff. They went over to the Cenobites. So like with number three, like you said, they went, Okay, let's go full on Cenobite crazy and throw mm-hmm. in, you know, CD head, Cenobite. And, oh, CD head, my boy. <laughs> things like that. Love that guy. But then, that, so like, that, like... Oh, sorry, I was just going to start waxing the record about the, <laughs> uh, the grunge club massacre oh, scene. Oh, God, yeah. Great. That was great. <laughs> so see, so then there's, 
you know, like you preferred that, you preferred that, and you go, yeah, this this is more my bag. But then there was other people going, oh no, it's sold out. Yeah. And it's not... Oh yeah, oh definitely. Yeah. So then I think with number four, they didn't know where to go with it, and then from then onwards, I think they were trying to go back to the feel of the first ones and have less centibytes in it. And it was, well, here's a script. Let's throw a little bit of centibyte action in into it. Here's a cop drama, and throw a centibyte into it and. Didn't work, yeah. And like you said, apart from the you know the magnificence of of Hellworld as the eighth entry into it, it's cop it's, two. It's, cop two. Watch out for cop two. Uh, <laughs> which for anybody that doesn't know, yes, it's me. Just in case anybody doesn't know, I'm, I'm currently working on my cop two uh, spin-off. <laughs> well, I do survive. I do survive. Yeah. And I said, you know, I told you, haven't I? They did. There was talk of keeping me there for another week so I could be killed by Pinhead, which unfortunately I wasn't. So I do survive. So I think there should be a spin-off of Cop Cop 2 versus Pinhead. Forget Freddy versus yes. Jason. Cop 2 versus Pinhead. And I'll uh, I'll reprise my role. It'll be, <laughs> be good. But I do think as as a whole, as a franchise, I, th- I think it is disappointing what happened to it. Um, it could have been so much better. So much mm. better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my last point no recommendation. I mean a lot of it's on Netflix and everyone's off work. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people are off work and have more time indoors. So a lot of people have probably watched this already, but it's something that I didn't have much interest in, a documentary um a documentary series on Netflix which is all about um Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's- his, obviously, I didn't know this. His career in, in the Chicago Bulls started in the mid '80s, so there we go. Um, it's called The Last Dance, and it was on. I think it's like an ESPN film, and now it's on Netflix. Um, it was opening two episodes a week on, and I sort of heard bits about it. And I watch documentary series about anything, even if I'm not like interested in the subject matter. Like I've seen a couple of NBA games. I went when I went to Dallas, and when I went yeah, to New York. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Times, and there were ent- fun, entertaining evenings. Um, one some tacos um, <laughs> um but no it's like i was 15 minutes into the first episode and i was just going to put one episode on while i ate had some dinner and while i was trying to be like okay i'll watch the podcast films and hmm. did not five episodes <laughs> five episodes later and, uh, it's really good there's 10 episodes like 50 minutes each and even if you're not that into basketball it's such a yeah, interesting story about what where his career goes and the team and how, what they do and yeah, it's really good stuff. It is. Yeah, me and Tina have watched the first two episodes, uh, and you know me in American sports. I'm a big American sports fan, although I'm not a fan of, ba- of baseball. I am a fan of baseball, uh, of basketball, uh, but we were gripped with it immediately. Again, it's just you know, it's a human story. The basketball's there. That's what you know. That's what that's their job. That's what they're doing. But it's that human story that really yeah. draws you into it. And, and of course, another eighties connection: um, Laurie Cardell, Sarah in Day of the Dead. Uh, her son Jake is one of the producers of it. Yeah, um, yeah, which is really good. He also is one of the producers of the Andre the Giant documentary. Yes, well. yes, that was good. Also, yeah, yeah that was good. And um, yeah, there's like I say, I think there's ten episodes in total, isn't there? Um, yes. Yeah. So we're we're only two in, and we're hooked on it. I think it's really it's really good. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I do know some of the history of the Chicago Bulls. So 
but I don't know where this is going to go, where it's going to take you with, you know. Yeah, because... like there was some stuff I just flat out didn't know. And yeah, it's really interesting, all the uh, ups and downs. Mm. So, uh, no, it's really recommended. Really well done. Yeah, it is. Uh, right, well, to finish off then, before we take a little break, uh, June the 7th. Hopefully you're listening to this before June the 7th. Uh, it is, and listeners that have come over from the 80s Picture House will know about this already. June the 7th is Stuart Chapin Day. Stuart Chapin uh, starred as Ian Shotgun Jones in the 1989 movie Shotgun. Uh, Jones. Which, Jones. The Basher. The Basher Killer. Bashers beware. Basher. Basher beware. <laughs> if, again, so if you haven't seen the 1989 movie Shotgun, I didn't mention it earlier on my list it's in my holy trinity with samurai cop and hard ticket to hawaii uh amazing films both uh, myself and tom we not only did a couple of shows with him one of which uh is going to be the remastered interview show for june yes. uh, which i'm looking forward to getting back into people's ears that may not have uh, have heard it we also did a full commentary me tom and Stuart, for shotgun uh this is where listeners you can help us out we are trying i can't say too much there's a chance we could get shotgun out on blu-ray okay we have the only commentary ever recorded me tom and the star of the film Stuart. uh we're still friends with uh his his wife vanessa uh his brother bob who's been on the show as well um Stuart, of course, sadly passed away. Long story to do with with cancer, um, and we don't celebrate the the day that he passed away. We celebrate his birthday, yeah. which is June the seventh. That's Stuart Chapin Day. What happens is we watch Shotgun and we celebrate his life. This June, it would have been his sixtieth birthday, so we want to do something special. Uh, we still want everybody to watch Shotgun. Uh, if you're listening to this after June the seventh. Uh, it's no excuse what shotgun in June do that for us. That'd be really good. And let us know what you think as well. Uh, so we've been in touch um, with Vanessa and we're going to start a fundraising um, for the charity which she's picked. That will go online on June the 7th. Uh, it'll be on the website. Uh, of course, it's not going to be in the podcast notes for this because this will be out before June the 7th. But if you go to our website, it'll be on the social media. And um, whatever you can give uh to help that would be really nice uh not just to remember stuart but also to raise money for a really good charity uh as well uh also for the june show so you know now that the uh, we're going to re-release our interview with stuart um we can say as well that the rewatch pick for the june show is going to be shotgun so we'll be talking about the film in the regular show for june as well we're also in that show we were going to be recording it sometime at the beginning of june we're going to have a chat with vanessa uh, yes. some some memories of of uh, of stuart uh we're going to get bob back as well we're going to have a chat with his brother bob because uh, of course bob was on set with him for different films as well he worked on quite a few different films so that'll be really good and basically we're just going to celebrate the life of stuart chapin is uh yeah. is what june's all about for his own you know what would have been his 60th birthday so yeah. The regular June show is we're going to be talking about Shotgun. We're going to have Vanessa and Bob on the show. Me and Tom will do some chat. And there'll be the interview show with um, with Stuart himself. And like I said, if there's anybody out there that can help, we're trying to find who owns the rights 
to the 1989 movie Shotgun. Uh, because we do, if we can get this done, our life work is complete. We can get a special edition of Shotgun out there with a commentary with him talking about the film, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, and we can get footage with Vanessa and with Bob, and we can load it up with so many different extras. And we've got, I can't say who, but we've got the distribution firms who's really interested and they're looking. But if there's anybody out there that can help us, who owns the rights? Yeah, shotgun. it used to be, um, it was distributed originally by PM Entertainment. Mm -hmm. So, And it's a story with much of, if not all of these, their films. And they have obviously listeners to the Eight Spectrals will remember those guys, but a lot in they the, uh, Shotgun yeah. was the first, in fact. Um, it was, yeah. yeah. And in the 90s, they were very prolific through to like 97, 98 time. I mean, if you know of PM Entertainment and you know who has the rights to a PM Entertainment film now, that might be a help. You yeah, know, like if be. they've got rights to one, they might have rights to another. So, yeah, if anyone can, um, yeah, help with that, yeah, and we can just continue our search as well. It would be incredible to yeah, put out. It would be, and of course, a lot depends on how much it would be the rights to it. Uh, it, it would be like a limited run, uh, so if if the cost to get the rights would be too much well then um we couldn't do it but yeah let us know so big month in june uh june the 7th if you're listening to it before then watch shotgun uh raise a drink to stewart on what would have been his 60th birthday and get ready for even though we say so ourselves two great shows coming out in june yeah yeah Right, shall we take a break and come back with... Uh, oh, it's you first, mate. It's you with the first-time watch pick. Oh, nice. All right, then. Uh, back in a minute, folks. Thundering across the galaxy and into legend. The last brave starfighters who become Space Raiders. The action explodes as the fight for freedom races across the universe. Get us out of here! A frightened boy, a last-ditch hero and his alien crew, soaring into battle to save the galaxy. There's another one coming in! Such an appealing little boy. When you touch this boy, I'll kill you where you stand. Desperados, battling for their lives, suddenly given something to live for. Things are always happening that we don't expect. Now you can think of him as an ordeal, or you can think of him as a great adventure. It's the adventurers who make it. We got no retro rockets. We're gonna crash! High adventure. Non-stop danger, a battle for life and glory with the future of the galaxy in the hands of five desperate outlaws and the ten-year-old boy who teaches them the true meaning of courage. Don't let it touch you! Space Raiders in a last desperate battle. Aliens from a thousand worlds. And now for you, boy. Soaring through deadly laser fire with the one boy brave enough to challenge the deadliest force in the universe. We can fight him! Look, you're a kid, you're no gunner. I'm the only gunner you got! Come on, kid. Let's go get him. Okay. 
He's a stowaway on a stolen ship, 10 years old and 10 million miles from home. Space Raiders, the greatest adventure a kid ever had. Right, my pick this episode was Space Raiders. Now, Space Raiders are a British brand of corn and wheat snacks made by KP Snacks. <laughs> Introduced in 1987, they're currently available in beef, pickled onion, saucy barbecue and spicy flavours. Oh, those they pickled onions. Oh. They, uh, they, they stayed at 10 pence for 20 years until late October wow. 2007, and they went up to 15, and then went to 25 and 20. They still exist today. You can buy them for 30p for a 25 gram bag, and the... Uh, it's a bigger bag as well, so it's not really fluctuated. I'm sure they're like full of e-numbers and everything. I do remember those pickled onion ones. The flavour on them would just oh. knock your socks off. Tart. Yes. You needed a drink close at hand if you were going to eat those especially. I used to like them, though. I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have to look some out. Hmm. So, yeah, that was my pick. Nice. Yeah, it went down well. <laughs> it's the best, the best pick you've done, mate. That was really enjoyable. <laughs> While I'm here, I might as well mention there's also a film called Space Raiders that we ah, watch. Okay. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, go on. Um, is it's a Roger Corman one? As you would probably expect, without even if you miss the credits, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's Roger Corman. Hmm. Um, it's also known as Star Child, Dave. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, because there's a child. Yeah. Um, and it um, came out in 1983, so it's in the class of these Star Wars rip-off movies. Although it's not like plot-wise, it's not very similar to any of the Star Wars films in no. its defense. Um, a lot of the um, special effects footage and the score by James Horner, coincidentally, is uh, taken from a different Roger Corman film from three years, previous Battle Beyond the Stars. Um, I mean, I watched Battle Beyond the Stars again kind of recently in the last couple of months. Yeah, I watched um, it at the back end of last year. Yeah. So, yeah, we've watched it kind of recently. And honestly, like, I couldn't remember the special effects. I know. Fitted. Me neither. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of these Star Wars rip-off, air quotes, rip-off films. Obviously, the best, the ultimate Star Crash. Of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, this has got... Um, so, I've just it's got a few of those people like oh it's them out and you know you can't quite put your finger on it's got Vince Edwards in it uh, Tom Christopher um, and David Mendenhall who is for me the most recognisable member of the cast the, the boy mm -hmm. um, who of course was the annoying little shit <laughs> in Over the Top and believe it or not mate I am sat here right now in an Over the Top t-shirt um, well, what are the odds? Quite. What are the odds well. of me wearing either a Stallone top or a Kiss top? It's going to be one or the other. That's yeah, a shocker. It's a shocker. Yeah. Um, so the plot of this is, unlike you know your Star Wars and your Star Crash, but we're about to be on the stars. He's a boy. Um, he's just playing around in a warehouse catching space bugs, and it is a warehouse, man. Fuck. I'm glad it didn't linger in this warehouse too long because it was not much work had been done to this warehouse. <laughs> Like, I was messaging you, and I'm just like, this is just a fucking warehouse. This looks pathetic, even for, like, <laughs> like you know, the, the long shots. were like, oh, no. It's just like they've just put a few bits of stuff over the 
body of a warehouse. And like at one point you saw a puddle. I was like, I don't want to be watching a site. I don't want to film, see a film called Space Raiders and see a puddle in it. <laughs> it just brought me down. And um, anyway, like these, just I don't know. That's just that me. is the hill you're going to die on, mate. Don't you dare put a puddle in a, in a sci-fi film. George Lucas did a lot of shit to those Star Wars films, but you never see Gina Puddle in them, did you? Um, the outrage. Oh yeah, like yeah, that's number one film a, a thing. I don't want to see in a, a sci-fi film puddles. <laughs> not not space puddle. Oh, it's a space puddle. They didn't call it a space puddle. They didn't even acknowledge it. It was just there. Um, anyway, calm down. Um, so he's messing around this warehouse, and the space raiders, the gang, the uh, the space cowboys, in mm. a, in a way, they show up to rob the place, I guess, and um, firefight with the. Um, the people who work on the space um, warehouse. <laughs> it, like, and consider, it looks more impressive outside than it does inside. Yeah. And, uh, he basically just gets on their ship or a ship they're going to steal just to get away from, you know, the lasers. Hmm. And they steal the ship and they don't know he's on it when they leave and hijinks ensue. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. So... I know, I think I said this last episode, with these sort of films, obviously, like, they're so similar, these sort of films, as in Star Wars Zip-Offs, there's so many. Had You hadn't seen this before then? No, definitely not. Cool. Because it was, like, I was watching it, I was like, no, this is different enough that you'd know if you'd seen it before, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because it's different. Yeah, it would, just, it would have definitely stuck in my head if I'd watched it before, and I was watching this, and I thought, no, I've got no recollection of this at all. I've, I've definitely never seen it before. No, because there's like things like they go to this planet where there's a, like a like a, like a commercial like city or, or town where there's a bar and um, there's like one of the credits at the end is Space Hooker, which is fantastic, and um, you know like people are trying to get this bounty on this kid's head. The bad guys is uh, of a people you know the kids just come away from who are trying to get them back, but also trying to destroy the space raiders at the same time. Um, yeah, it just feels different. Um, yeah, it just felt like it was one of the better examples of Star Wars ripoff movies because it wasn't that ri- other than obviously it was made because of Star Wars a success, hmm. but the plot was different enough. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, written and directed as well by Howard R. Cohen, who oh, wrote Howard. H, as we know him. Um, he wrote three. Deathstalker films, including the first and the best. Uh, and he also wrote two Barbarian Queen movies as well. He wrote two Saturday the 14th movies. Yeah, he's, he's, quite, he's more prolific as a writer. He's got 23 writing credits as opposed to six uh, directing credits. Um, and of those directing credits, Saturday the 14th was his first one in 81, and this was his second directing uh, gig in 83. Cool. Mm. But anybody that wrote Deathstalker, the screenplay to Deathstalker, is is fine with me. That's okay. So um, at one point, when um, they're on this planet, like this city-esque planet, they've left the gun to the barn, they've left the kid in the hotel room, I guess, and uh, he's watching an advert, and like it's just like a used car salesman, but for ships. And did you notice who the car salesman was, Dave? I'm sure you did. Oh, 
I he did not. <laughs> no, I probably did. Actually, I think was it Tina that said to me. He did have a big helmet on. Ooh. Uh, ooh, uh, go on, tell me, and then I'll go. Oh yes. The ubiquitous Dick Miller. Oh yeah, yes, because <laughs> um, as promised, as promised. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, Tina was looking uh, when the film started. I think it's like she checked into it on probably on Letterboxd. Um, and she said, oh, Dick Miller's in it. And I thought, yeah, it's a Corman film. Dick Miller's there. Um, so, yeah, when he did appear, yeah, I did see him. It's always good to see Dick Miller. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, as, as a character called Crazy Mel. Well, yeah, that's how it works. So what was your viewing experience of, um, with it? Uh, I enjoyed, I, okay, so put it on, it begins... I loved. I was really sort of hyped for the way that it began, even though it was in a warehouse and there was a puddle in it. Um, I put those to one side just for a minute, because when they're in in said warehouse, there's. Did you take any any notice of? I mean, it is pretty low in the sound mix in the background, but there's like, um, oh, like announcement speaker. The word itself fails me at the moment. I'm getting a brain fart. But you know when you're in a warehouse or somewhere and it's or in a shop and it's. Ladies and gentlemen, we're uh, listening. Yeah. To go to, it's one of those. Yeah, and it was it was quite witty what was being said. I didn't write down exactly what was said. I wish I had. They're going on about um, it was a staff picnic, mm-hmm. and this year it's going to be on a planet where there's no rain. That's, That's it. Yeah, they promised that there's no rain this time. And yeah, they're... definitely. Why? But yeah, and it yeah, was. There it was, was something great. else, and there was a couple of lines, and I thought. Okay, I like the humour in this that, that it started off with. Yeah, it was quite witty. It never really panned out that it way. It didn't know, did it? That's the thing. It, it was like, oh, okay. And then that the humour side of it, sort of, it was still there, but it it wasn't pushed as much. I was expecting it to be funnier than yeah, it was. Yeah, Especially yeah, during fun. that first fight, you know, you were saying in, in the warehouse, and they've got their laser guns, Um and that one of the female characters she stood up against, and it is—it's just—it's warehouse shelving. She stood up against, and she's firing a laser gun. It's pew pew. For some, and this, I laughed out loud at this bit. At Tina did as well. We were like, "What the hell?" So she's firing, and then for no reason whatsoever, she drops to the floor, does a sideways roll, and then carries on firing. And it's, why is that supposed to look like high action or something? <laughs> it looked really can't make anything look high action in a warehouse like that. No. And the way that it was filmed, because I don't even know if she was supposed to have done it, because she just <laughs> like dropped out of frame, and then it cuts to her and she does a roll on the floor, and then starts firing. And why? Why have you done that? And just trying to beef up your part a little bit, trying to look <laughs> like some sort of, you know, high action woman. Featured uh, extra. Yeah, and it just looked ridiculous. Um, I'm thinking, though, mate, with the uh, said puddle, space puddle that's in it, one of the ex- explanations for it uh, could be the lack of, of bladder control from some of the characters. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah could be that. Could be that. Uh, I mean, they said they work, the picnic will take place on a planet where it doesn't rain, but hmm? it still doesn't mean I want to see a puddle. No. Bloody puddle. Spoiling the whole fucking film. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, obviously, we're not going to go into every 
thing that happens in the film and spoilers abound now one thing i wasn't expecting was for pretty much the entire cast to die (laughs) that was a surprise i was like okay one went you know one went quite near the start so you didn't have time to form any sort of connection but like like i did like the crew you know, it actually got, you know, I liked them. And then they just started, like, I liked yeah. it. I liked the alien with his purple scarf. That was very nice. Did you find him scary? Tina said, oh, he's a bit scary. Oh, I didn't like his little flaps on his. <laughs> oh, I think they got, went a little too far. I think they went, you know, like kids would find that more scary than yeah. like a Um But obviously he was sort of like some sort of psychic who could sort of tune in on Peter, the boy, and that sort of thing. And But no, like, yeah, then he died and then we no, no, the woman died first, and then the alien died, and then like, they all just started dropping off, and I was just like, oh. This is... Yeah, all I, all I heard from Tina was, another one's dead. Yeah. And another then... one's just been killed. And it's like, yeah, it wasn't, you know, fair play to it. You know, a lot of films that we watch, and it's with 10 minutes in, you know exactly what's going to happen. All the yeah. way through the running time, you know how it's going to end, and you know who's going to live and who's going to survive. Fair play to this one. It's I was not expecting them to die and them to die and then them to die. Yeah. It did take me by surprise. Yeah, same, absolutely. Um, and even the main character, the main guy, like he almost, you know, obviously, he, what was that kid doing <laughs> to bring him back to life? Because he like, was, it, it didn't look good. I mean, it looked got... fine. Like he was just rubbing a thing on his chest, and he just like this well, doesn't, it's making any any difference. There was. There was so that so the you've got the kid, okay. Drinking game, actually, while we're on the subject of the kid. Um, take a shot when he either, and there's two things to look out for when he looks wistfully out into the distance, <laughs> have a shot then, or or and have a shot when he does a, a big smile to camera, yeah. and yeah, and even though it's what is it. A, 80 odd minute film you'll be pissed before it finishes because that that happens a lot but fair play he is a, he's, he's a cute kid you know what i mean so they were playing playing to playing to that definitely yeah. but the so the guy the main guy um who is essentially the father figure to the kid in the film i know where you're going with this who is called hawk i know you got there first you got there first. yeah and of course so the, his dad in over the top is lincoln hawk which I thought was oh, can you imagine that at, at an early age from an actor, the kid going, "I'm not, I'm not playing anybody's son unless their name's Hawk." <laughs> it's, it's in his contract. That Little diva. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh, but yeah, Hawk gets uh, shot, laser shot, um, in the right breast, and mm. so and he pulls his top open, and you see that you know you see blood it's not it's not gory by any means you know it's just some over red blood that's been put on his right breast so the kid it looks like some sort of female pleasure thing that vibrates a little bit that he's he's got one of them and he just sort of rubs it he he does some titty massage on him basically well yeah he just rubs it in and he's just like like he's just moving the blood yeah then he's all right it's fine. Bit of titty massage. Done. Hawks. Hawks fine. And then they can go off and make form Hawk and Sons. <laughs> right? That was, it, yeah, that was a weird scene. You know, of which there's a few weird scenes in it. 
Uh, it did look. Uh, I know the budget's low on it, but, uh, but it did. It does look cheap. Yeah, uh, it got sort of a bit of a sterile look to it as well. I thought the lighting wasn't great in it. I know again it's low budget, but I thought the lighting could have been better in it. Um, the there's a lot of aliens in it. Now the aliens in it, I would not have been surprised if uh, Tom Baker era Doctor Who appeared because they did look like aliens that would have appeared in Doctor Who at that time. It was you know it's a man in a suit. It's you know in some latex and all of that, uh, which again, although it's cheap looking and everything, give me that over CG. I'd still yeah, rather have that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was. There was just something missing from it for me. Like we said, that humour that it began with disappeared. Uh, and the sterile look to it. A character's dying was a bit of a weird one, but I wouldn't mm. put that down as a, as a negative. I'd say, like you said, a positive because it took me by surprise. Mm. I think the main thing with it is I never really engaged with any of the characters. And yeah. I should have been like, oh, wow, you know, devastated when one of them died. And it, and it really was. Oh, they're dead then. You know, there was no, I hadn't created any, there was no empathy for the character whatsoever. It was, okay, they're gone. Bit of a surprise. Whoa. So if they, it was, you know, where you can watch some films and, you know, it, it hits you. Oh. You, th you think, fuck, oh, my God. You know, it has an emotional impact. Didn't yeah. this. Um, it, there was yeah, there was just whatever magic ingredient that was that was missing from it for me. But mm. it you know it was fun. It was fun and for, and for what it is, it was, I've seen well we've both seen far worse than this. Indeed sure, we have. Indeed we? we have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd sort of like you know I didn't form a deep emotional bond with any of the characters or anything like that, but I liked them. Um, more than I thought I would for this sort of film, like this sort of, you know, you just don't really give a shit a lot of the time about the, you know, like the, the crew or anything like that, or any of the characters in so many of these sort of films. And, um, but yeah, I liked them. So, you know, the deaths, you know, I wasn't weeping or anything when they got knocked off, but I was like, Oh wow. They killed them. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That sort of reaction. But yeah, like overall, this is one of the better star Wars ripoffs and, you know, it's not a long film. It's only like 83 minutes long. Mm, yeah. Went by quite nicely. And yeah, I quite enjoyed it for yeah. what it was. Yeah. I think I gave it, I think I gave it two stars on Letterboxd. I went uh, 2.5. Ooh. But even two stars, it's like, it is two stars, 40%. Uh, you know, it's two out of five. So 40%, that mm. would, that would just about scrape you a 2-2 two -two at university. So you'd get a pass. You'd just, ah. you'd just about pass. And I think for me, this is yeah, it just about passes for for what it is. Well, good. I'm glad you. Yeah. I'm glad you gave it a pass. So, would we at any point are we going to rewatch it? Is it worth rewatching in the future? Yeah, I'd watch it again. Mm. Yeah, I think I would too. I'd I'd leave it a while. Um, but I th yeah, I think I would watch it again. I'm sure, you know, in not too long, I'd have forgotten a lot to do with it and go. Seem to remember that being okay. I'll, I'll give it a rewatch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's out in any sort of uh, special edition on DVD or Blu-ray. If there's, you know, is there is there something out there with a commentary track that'd be interesting? I'd like to see that, or any, you know, making of extras. I'd like to see that. Um, 
should have really had a look before we recorded, shouldn't I? But professional. Yeah, yeah, of course. Always the professional. Uh, <laughs> but if it, yeah, it is one though. If I see it cheap, I'd pick it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would do. Yeah. Right. Let's uh, let's take another little short break, and we're back in a minute with my rewatch pick. It was a quiet Saturday morning. Zelensky, give it a rest. It's Saturday. Professor Wayne Zelinsky was hard at work on his new invention. This thing works. It'll put us right up there with the invention of electricity. That didn't quite work. Did you get the machine to work? A few more bugs to get out. Then something quite unexpected happened. Where are the kids? I haven't seen them since I left this morning. It shrunk the kids. Nick, what happened? It works. Diane, I got something real important to tell you. Are you trying to tell me the machine works? Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's great. It's not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids. And the Thompson kids, too. They're about this big. Threw them out with the trash. Ah! What? They're in the backyard. Walt Disney Pictures presents The Last Frontier. Dad can fix us, right, Nick? Ah! Ah! I'll tell you their size. It's a jungle out there. Ah! Ah! Nicky, get out of there! Now, while the professor is looking for the kids, we just gotta keep our eyes open. They're taking matters into their own hands. I say that Anne is ours. Unlocked! They better behave themselves. Something's very weird here. What is it? Earthquake! No way! Lawnmower! Rick Moranis is Professor Wayne Zelinsky. Blew up my kid? No, oh, no, 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 no. If no, the machine no. had blown up the kids, there'd be pieces of them everywhere. Wayne, did you report some missing children? Oh, there must be some mistake. Ours are in the backyard. Right, honey? Honey, I shrunk the kids. We're all the size of boogers. Dad, don't eat me! My rewatch pick was the last film to be released by Disney in the 1980s. Uh, although it was released on the 9th of February 1990 over here in the UK. And it is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Also, the final film, uh, live action film for quite a long time for Rick Moranis, which we'll get into in a little bit. And it is, for anybody that hasn't seen it, I'm presuming that most of the people listening to this have already seen it. Uh, Rick Moranis plays a scientist, Wayne, so, I knew he was going to struggle over the name. Zelinsky, um, who's who's married, uh, got kids, has the usual family next door, married, with kids. Uh, and he's a scientist who's working on a machine to shrink things that's going to help, say, uh, transport goods. You can shrink everything down and get more stuff transported and then blow them up at the other end. Uh, but due to the one, well, one of the annoying little shits that lives next door, and him hitting a uh, baseball through the window of the room where his machine is, uh, two of his kids get well. No, this, the two of his kids get shrunk, and two of the kids next door get shrunk. So you've got four very small kids, uh, which he then discovers and needs to save them and get them back to proper size. Is the gist of everything that's going on. 6.3 on IMDb at the moment from 137,751 votes, which yeah, that's a pretty good score, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, went on to spawn two sequels. One of them uh, 
was Moranis's, like I said, his, his last. Yeah. It was the th the second sequel. I was getting so mixed up. You wouldn't think all I'm drinking is apple juice and, and raspberry juice. What's in it? What's Cry in it? I haven't had anything alcoholic for four months. And it, maybe I should. Maybe that's the thing that I'm just falling over my words because I'm drinking like apple juice all the time. He, uh, the second sequel um, that was released in 97 was director video and that was um, Moranis' last uh, live action appearance for quite a while. It was that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I hadn't seen this. This was one I hadn't seen since VHS days. So mm -hmm. early 90s was when I last I would say it. the same yeah. as a kid. Read could, in. could you remember anything about it apart from kids being shrunk? I remember there was a big ant. Um, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, that's all I can remember. So it was, it was really good to watch it, knowing uh, they didn't know anything about it. Writers: Stuart Gordon, Brian Yusner. Yeah, they come up with uh, characters and the story and everything. Which was just like what? these are two names I wasn't expecting to see in the credits of a Disney. Exactly. It was like, when's the shunting going to happen in it? <laughs> Imagine that miniature shunting going on. Uh, yeah, they could turn their hand to a few things, couldn't they? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Directed by Joe Joe Johnston. Now, I my first film um, that that comes to mind whenever I think of of Joe Johnston is Jurassic Park Three. For some reason, I don't know why. Not the best film, but that's what always comes to mind. I mean, he's done the like this was his first film as director. Then he went on to do Rocketeer, uh, did Jumanji, uh, Jurassic Park three, of course, Wolfman, Captain America, the first Avenger. Yes, but I don't know. It's always Jurassic Park three. I think of whenever he's mentioned. I've, you know, I've got no idea why. I think maybe it was to do with the outrage of Jurassic Park three when it came out that his name sort of stuck in in my head. Um, so yeah, so the, like I said, you've got two families basically. You've got uh, four kids that are shrunk and are lost in a back garden and need to be saved before they are squashed. Pre CG, this is all you know, rear projection, built giant sets, you know, practical effects on there. I loved the effects in it when they got shrunk and they were in the garden and they're sliding down blades of grass that look like, you know, like a water slide painted green or something. What really surprised me, the, the main thing that surprised me about this, is how small they were shrunk to. I'd forgotten how small. I thought they'd be, you know, like the height of a cup or something. They'd be that small. But you see them, and I think at one point, the, I think, did they stand on like the head of a, of a nail or something like that? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're really tiny. I couldn't remember them being this tiny. Were you the same with this? Because I was, I, I used to expect them to be, you know, like four or five inches tall or something. No, no, I think that was pretty much as I remembered. They were absolutely mega tiny, so they just w wouldn't be seen easily at all. So, yeah. yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Uh, now we said with the space raiders that started with humor. Of course, this. Starts with humour, goes all the way through. I love the humour in the film. Of course, Disney, very family-friendly. Uh, but the whole atmosphere of it, I just thought... I think the biggest compliment I can give it is... And it's only like a 90-minute film. For me, it flew by in, oh, so, yeah, in an instant. Yeah. Uh, no looking at the clock. 
oh, how long's gone? How long's to go? None of that. It was like, you know, credits roll and you're thinking, oh my God, is it finished already? <laughs> you were so wrapped up in into it. Uh, great performance by Rick Moranis. And who, and me and Tina were talking about this earlier today. I'm sure a lot of people, when you say Rick Moranis, they think Ghostbusters comes to mind is the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, first thing that comes to mind when people say Rick Moranis is Billy Fish. The, the character that he played in Streets of Fire. Yeah. Because uh, he's absolutely brilliant in that. Awesome film, awesome performance, awesome soundtrack. Everything about Streets of Fire is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot go wrong with Streets of Fire. Uh, but I also remember as well, before he did Streets of Fire, uh, he was in Strange Brew. And mm. um, now the year before the Strange Brew film, a mate of mine uh, that he'd recently emigrated to canada uh, and of course they you know they these two canadian guys uh, he sent me um some comedy by them and yeah I got, so I, that was my first sort of introduction of who rick moranis was as one of these characters in the, in the comedy um yeah and i just got more and more endeared to him in the films that he was in like streets yeah. of fire you know there's ghostbusters and so on um and it's quite a sad story of what happened, isn't it? Of why, you know, he dropped out of acting in 97. Yeah, no, it is. It, you know, his wife, I think they'd married in 91. Um, and then she passed away in 90... No, they married in 86. She passed away in 91. Uh, and then come 97, after, like I said, the second sequel to this, you just give up acting to look after the kids. Um, yeah, he didn't really do a lot of films into the nineties, so it was literally just I think you know might be some voice work and these really, and yeah. uh, so um, obviously a nice payday, so mm. he can come him and his uh, kids can live comfortably. But yeah, he sort of just left acting just to look after his kids. Yeah, so. and he was he was an in demand actor as well. Oh yeah, yeah, he was huge. Yeah, huge. And you know, he just turned his back on it and said, "No, you know, the the kids haven't got a mum and don't want them to be without a dad, so I'm going to look after him." So more important things. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and you know, more love to him for making that decision as well. It's made me endeared to him even more for doing that. Uh, But yeah, with with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like I said, it's the family friendly, funny action, silly. When you've got Rick Moranis and his on-screen wife tied to uh, like this washing line contraption where they're hovering over the grass with binoculars and trying to find the kids, um, it is it is silly humour all the way yeah. through, but it's good silly humour that just all I'm doing is I'm just gushing over it without really saying much more about what happens. <laughs> Uh, I didn't make any notes and I think that's a good thing in a way because normally the worse the film the more notes because I thought oh I've got to make a note of that I've got to make a note of that I didn't make any notes I was like I said it came on and before I knew it the end credits were rolling and I just really enjoyed it and I want to watch the sequels even though I think they're not going to be as good as this no, no, I don't. But I will, also, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you've said, really. Um, I too want to watch the sequels. I've just, yeah, it flew past. It was funny where it's supposed to be. It's just original and the score's really good as well. That's mm-hmm. a, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed revisiting it. 
Yeah, me too. I think it was a good film for Disney to have. You know, they're always known as the last film of the 80s from them. I think it's a good one yeah. to, to end that decade on. That's for sure. If anybody yeah. listening to this hasn't watched it, it's a great one to sit down with your kids and watch. Mm. And, oh, absolutely. Know, yeah, and even if you haven't got kids, you know, just sit and watch it anyway. It's really, mm. it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I haven't got much more to say about it because I just really enjoyed it, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it too much. I don't want to give too much away for people that maybe haven't watched it, um, or even for people like us that you'll say to them, "Oh, honey, I shot the kids. Yeah, good film. What happens in it? No idea. Can't remember. <laughs> go, go and watch it and refresh your memory, like we have. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll have a good time with it. There was um, there's one thing that's also on Disney Plus at the moment. Um, there's a series called Prop Culture which mm. uh, talks about the props from Disney films. And they don't go for the ones you'd expect. You know, there's like, there's an episode about, I haven't, I've, I've only seen the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids episode. There's one about Tron. There's one about the Muppet movie, you know, some different ones. And um, obviously there's one about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And they've got the three of the kids, you know, obviously grown up. That's really cool to see them. And they're talking with them about the ant head. And they actually have an interview with Rick Moranis. Um, and they've got some of the props he used. Um, it was great to see Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be a Disney Plus movie called Shrunk. Yes. Uh, that he's returning to the role in. And Josh Gad is playing his son, I mm-hmm. think, which is really cool. Um, but And Joe Johnston directing as well. Yes, of course, yeah. And this was fine. But I would have much rather, like, the props were like, cool, there's, there's the Ray. There's a shrink ray. There's an there's an ant head. What's left? I'd have rather have just seen them chat to the cast about how it was filming it, and you know, like behind the scenes stories and stuff. Not just like, look, it's your watch from a film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just seemed like I, I was like, I'm assuming they shot more stuff with Rick Moranis. This is Rick Moranis. You don't just show up and say, oh, here are your glasses from that film. <laughs> it just seemed like a bit of a waste of yeah, not just does. Rick Moranis, but the uh, the rest of the cast and the director and. Um, yeah, you don't just wheel out. You don't just go and interview Joe Johnston and just like, oh, is that right? And it doesn't look like it does anymore and stuff like that. It's just, it just seemed like a bit of a waste of like it was all right. It's just a thirty minute light watch, but mm. I wanted, I just wanted to, you know, can we just talk to them about the film? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd want to see as well. Is more, yeah. Like you said you've got Rick Moranis there. Just spend some time talking to him rather than looking at props. Yeah, yeah. I will watch it though. You know, I do. Yeah. Know, yeah. I'm sure they did talk to him about the film. I'm sure, like you're not, as, you know, you're not just gonna be like, "Oh, look at this watch." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, that's the watch." Yeah. But you know, like, yeah. be, there will be more to it. But yeah, mm. it was just a bit like it was fine. It was watchable. But yeah. I will watch some of the others because uh, just to see who they talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch those and yeah, the two sequels to this, just to. Uh... I know I've seen them, but again, can't remember a thing about them. So, see what they're like. So, was it worth a rewatch then? I'm taking. Oh, the absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, same here. I'm really glad that we rewatched it. And um, yeah, a good film. A good film. We did all right this episode, actually, haven't we? With yeah, not too bad. The movie not picks. Bad. We had a couple uh, feedback tweets um, at F Liljegren, Frederick. Hello, Frederick in Sweden. Uh, he said, "I miss Rick Moranis in movies." Which I think we, we agree with, don't we, mate? We've said we definitely agree that we miss him in movies. Um, and at Rob's Media Vault, 
Rob down Dan Saff. Uh, remember queuing round the block for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when it came out at the cinema? Wow, popular film. Uh, mm. And then he went. He goes on to say, I felt like a kid watching Space Raiders for the first time recently. First time again, joining us with the first time watch. Uh, even if it recycles all of the SFX footage from Battle Beyond the Stars. Mm. <laughs> yes. But yeah, two two decent choices. You can't go wrong. We've had a hell of a lot worse with that. Uh, will we have a hell of a lot worse in the June episode? Well, we already know the rewatch pick, don't we, mate? It's fallen. It would be your rewatch pick. We know it's going to be Shotgun. Indeed. We do. So that we know there's one to look forward to. Our oh. our always welcome rewatch of Shotgun. Uh, well, let's take a break for a second and we'll come back with what's going to be the first time watch. So it falls to me with the first time watch pick. And yes, once again, I have put on my Wellington boots, put on a gas mask, jumped deep as I can into the very bowels of Amazon Prime, moved away the rubbish, had a look and see what I can find. And I found from 1984, The Executioner Part 2. Yes, Tom, we are not even going to watch Part 1. We are jumping straight into part two. I won't keep up. I won't be able to keep up. I've told you. <laughs> All I've read about it is that it's supposed to have really terrible ADR. So great. That's going to be fun. And remember in the 80s, you'd go Stallone, Travolta, and it'd be Frank and Joey. Uh, well, this one's got Mitchum, and it's his son, Christopher. It's not Robert. So, yeah, he's in the starring role, Christopher Mitchum. Yeah. Apart from that, never seen it. It's part two of something they've never seen. And it's got bad ADR and Robert Mitchum's son. So it's going to go well, isn't it? Yeah, what a, what a good <laughs> use of my new television that will be. <laughs> there's, see, there's your old telly. Going, oh, I've got alpacas laughing at your new big... 4K going, you've got to watch The Executioner Part 2. <laughs> well, at least we know we got one decent one with our shotgun. Absolutely. Rewatch, yes, shotgun. We? So Thank God for shotgun jokes. Yes. Uh, okay. I guess it's time to close everything off. Um, usual stuff. We have a website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. Numerical 60, not alphabetical. Contact us from one there. Uh, email is direct. Contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. We're on Twitter and Instagram, both at, at 60 Minutes with lots of reasons for, for following it on both of those. Uh, going back to the website, there's lots of ways that you can help us. And uh, one is if you go down uh, the drop down box, you go to reviews at the top of the website and the drop down box. One of them says listener feedback. Click on that and have a read of how easy it is to send us a podcast review. It takes two minutes of your time. If you're listening to this. Uh, whatever you think of the shows, you think it's one star, two, three, four, or five, please take two minutes to send us uh, a review. It will go up onto the website. Helps us in loads of different ways. Gets us, helps us get more competition prizes, more interview guests, raises a profile. It's a place that we can send people to to have a look and go, look, this is what people think of the show. Uh, so no matter what you think, please take two minutes. It really, really does help. 
other ways that you can help. Uh, there's lots of there's lots of boxes you can click. Lots of nice, pretty pictures you can click. Uh, one says CD keys. If you want to buy, uh, if you buy video games, you buy uh, credit for your consoles or for your PC. Click on that. Nice and cheap. Um, we get a little bit back from them. None of these cost you a penny more. None of them give us any of your details. Uh, it's just different ways that you can help us. So you've got CD keys. You've got a link to Fusion Retro Books. If you want to buy books about retro video games, you can get 15% off by going through the link on our website. You can get 20% off by clicking on the link at Insert Coin. Um, and use a code 60MWIC. You get 20% off at Insert Coin. They've got lots of uh, video game clothing. There's the Amazon UK link. Uh, you buy anything from Amazon UK at all, please use the link on our website. Again, we get none of your details. Doesn't cost you a penny more. It helps us to keep us doing what we do. Keeps the website online. Everything like that. Um, easy ways to help us out. And yeah, well, there is one other way that you can do uh, that would cost you more money. But if you want to uh, buy us a coffee, there's a Ko-Fi link on. If you go to any review page, there's a little link at the top right. And, you know, all the coffee shops are shut. And if you feel, oh, I'm getting the urge to buy a coffee, just click on that and buy us a virtual coffee instead. Again, that'll all help with everything that we do. Um, all of them take a couple of minutes to do and it would be very much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, so Tom, June, I'm I'm so excited for the June shows. You know, oh, it's gonna be great. Yeah, oh, really yeah. To back. yeah, we're gonna you know we're gonna do the a new intro to our interview with Stuart that I'm so looking forward to listening to again. Mm. Um, I'll probably listen to it actually on June the seventh. I'll have a full on shotgun Stuart Chapin day. Uh, listen to the interview and then watch Shotgun in the evening. I think is is my June the seventh sorted. Lovely. Lovely. Uh, then we've said the first week of June. You know we're going to be recording with Vanessa and with Bob. Have some nice chat about Stuart. I'm sure we'll get some really funny stories. Uh, maybe some things that Stuart would go. Oh my God! I can't believe you're saying that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's looking from wherever you go to, and uh, and and smiling. Um, and then, you know, we've got the, our regular show as well where we're going to talk about Shotgun. And, you know, Executioner 2, unfortunately. But we're going to be talking about Shotgun. So, yeah, yeah. June, June's a good month, mate. I like how you've already written Executioner 2 off. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. Uh, but, yeah, with everything that's going on, I think we've got some good stuff to look forward to in June. To, oh, absolutely. To Can't, wait. With. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, so before we go, one final reminder, June the 7th, Stuart Chaping Day. Uh, if, you're on, uh, if you're on Twitter, please tweet us on June the 7th and say, happy Stuart Chaping Day. Uh, there'll be a post on the website about it. We'll be watching the film, which we hope you do as well. The full film, by the way, is on YouTube. So no excuse that, oh, I can't watch it. It's on YouTube. Type in um, Shotgun 1989 and watch it. You're in for a treat. Trust me, you're in for a treat. Uh, and get ready for the, for the June shows. There. You think that's got people hyped up now, Tom? I'd hope so. Yeah, I'd I hope, hope so. That doesn't. Nothing will. Nothing will. <laughs> I mean, I'm still. I'm just looking. I just got a glimpse of my Skype um, profile photo, and it's me dressed up as Shotgun. It Jones. is. I'm looking at it now. In <laughs> a cardigan and a wig yeah. and a hat. There will be uh, on our Twitter and on our website on June the seventh. There, yeah, there will be photographs of me and Tom uh, in our finest shotgun regalia i'm going to use those photographs mate because yeah just use them. i don't know if i've got a cardigan no anymore. those those pictures we took on on that particular stuart shaping day were 
amazing. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put those out there and you can see us as Ian Shotgun Jones. Uh, and there will be many cries of Jones uh, all the way through that day. And if you don't know what that means, you'll soon find out. Right then, mate, shall we disappear? And uh, that's May show. Done. Yeah, mm. let's, let, let us leave. Let, let us, us depart. Leave. Okay, right. Hope everybody enjoyed it. And we shall be back with two, even though we do say so ourselves. Great shows in June. And uh, yeah, see you then. Bye-bye. Super bad.